You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This week's edition of the Assembly Call is brought to you by SeatGeek. As you know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have SeatGeek on my phone. I've used it several times in the last year. I used it when Yogi Ferrell was playing for the Mavericks and went to see a couple of games. Used it to buy my wife tickets to a concert, so I can personally vouch for it. I use it. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats to any event that I want to go to. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and help you find amazing deals. And best of all, listeners to the Assembly Call get $20 off of their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 44th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 336th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, September 14th, 2017. I am your host, Jared Morris, and I am very excited to announce that we have redesigned our website, and now anytime you want to view our live broadcasts and participate in the live chat, you can simply visit our homepage, assemblycall.com. You can do it, obviously, from our YouTube channel as well, but you can do it right from our homepage. You will find the current live broadcast and live chat right there at the top of the page. All righty, well, let's begin this week how we begin every episode of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment and you know, sometimes these banner moments just write themselves. That was my thought after reading an interview at Inside the Hall er- earlier this week with Jake Forrester's father. Jake, of course, is the latest commitment for the class of 2018 for Indiana. And what was immediately evident in the afterglow of his commitment was just how enthusiastic Jake and his family are about the IU basketball program under the direction of Archie Miller. Consider this quote from Jake's father, Dwight. Quote, if you look at Indiana basketball's history, it's time for them to go back to the way they used to be. It's time for them to be a power. It's time for them, we're not talking about just making it to the NCAA tournament. The talk from Archie and the talk from Bruiser is, we want to win it. 
We don't want to just go to the tournament. It's time for us to be Final Four contenders. It's time for us to get back to those days of Indiana basketball. I think with that staff and what they have and what's coming, I think that's a possibility, unquote. And those are obviously exciting words for any IU fan to hear. And these are not just empty words from a casual observer. These are the words of a father with a skeptical eye who wants his son to play in the best basketball situation possible. Well, not 48 hours after the family's official visit to Bloomington last weekend, with two official visits still scheduled, Jake announced his commitment to Indiana. Now, some people may be a little bit concerned that Jake is quote-unquote only rated a three-star prospect by some services or that scholarships for the class of 2019 seem to be filling up. Thoughts that I have frankly had myself, but that I've come to realize are short-sighted. Regardless, one thing is crystal clear. Archie Miller is targeting recruits that he wants, guys that fit his system, and he is selling them and their families on a bold, optimistic vision for Indiana's basketball future. And talented in-demand recruit after talented in-demand recruit is buying what he's selling. Archie seems determined to hang banner number six in Simon Scott Assembly Hall, and it all starts with consistent success on the recruiting trail. So far, so good. All right, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show, which includes a special guest. But first, to my left, someone who is definitely not a special guest, because he is a special co-host, an original member of the Assembly Call team, and the man that we turn to when we need detailed scouting reports of under-the-radar recruits who may or may not take credit for discovering them, depending on how good they turn out to be. He's a columnist for the big lead. He is Ryan Phillips. Ryan, what Indiana basketball-related topic do you feel like ranting about this week? Uh, I think I think it's the commitment of Forrester. I really do. And and it's not just that he came that he chose Indiana. It's it's the kind of players that Archie Miller has put together in this recruiting class. And if you look at it, uh, if you include Race Thompson, which I know he's technically not part of this coming class uh, because he's already on campus, um, but you're looking at guys who have size and length and and you win in the big 10 with size. I mean, if you look at the, the past champions of the big 10, the teams that compete Wisconsin, when they went to the national title game, you think of Frank Kaminsky, you think of Nigel Hayes, you think of that interior presence they had. When you think of, you know, any, any Tom Izzo coach team, you think of rebounding. That's the first thing you think of. You think of toughness, you think of defense inside and how hard it's going to be to out tough them in the paint. Uh, last year, the two guys, everybody mentioned whenever they said they were going to talk about uh, Purdue, the first guy, the first two guys they always mentioned was, how are you going to deal with Swanigan and Haas? Inside presence is how you win in the Big Ten, and and these guys all have size, length, and can play in the paint, uh, or can at least mix it up in the paint. And I think that Forrester just adds to that, and you're starting to see what kind of class, what kind of players Archie Miller is going to try and attract, and how he's going to build his team to compete in the Big Ten. Yep. And to my right, we have our special guest host this week. He is the founder and editor of Inside the Hall, as well as my co-host on Podcast on the Brink. He is Alex Bozic. Alex, it is great to have you with us on the Assembly Call. What stood out to you most from the past week in IU basketball? Yeah, just kind of adding on to... Uh, oh, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Good to just have you. adding on to uh, what Ryan said, um, I, I think the main thing that stands out to me about Forrester is... I know we're going to get into some of the discussion of, you know, whether the scholarship stuff and, you know, what, how the numbers are going to work out. But to me, he seems like a perfect fit for what Archie Miller uh, is going to want to do uh, with IU basketball. And that means recruiting guys who can 
play multiple positions, guard multiple positions. Um, specifically, uh, when you look at Forrester, and, and I did uh, a little research, watched, you know, usually a kind of video of guys look, just look at, at their offensive uh, game, but, but looking to him as a shot blocker and what he's going to be able to bring um, from that perspective. I think overall, when you look at each of the guys that, that Archie's brought in uh, to the program so far in this first class, all of them have a chance to be foundation pieces, guys that are going to be in the program for three or four years, guys who are going to, you know, you're going to maybe not say, you know, two or three years, this guy's a lottery pick, but you're going to say this guy uh, contributed uh, to winning a lot of Big Ten games. So uh, I think Forrester just kind of, you know, adds on uh, to what was already a, shaping up to be a really good class. And I think uh, fans should be excited about uh, the future and, and uh, kind of what Archie's already assembled here uh, with, with 2018. And really at this point with, with what he's got committed with the four guys and obviously Race Thompson uh, coming on board uh, next year, uh, they'll really have five new players. And I would expect them to continue to to recruit for 2018 because, uh, you know, I know this upcoming season people are excited uh, for, but I think, uh, the following season, uh, the coaching staff wants the team and the program to be even better uh, than this next coming season. So I, I think that's you're kind of you're going to see a transition this season, and then the following season you're going to see another transition. But they want that team to be even better. Hey, kudos to you for wearing a White Sox shirt too, because the future is bright on the South Side as well. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was <laughs> Indiana basketball related topics only. That's Midwest. That White Sox talk is is relevant cuz 90% of the people listening are Cubs fans, so. Exactly. That's why I wore it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what we were going to discuss this week. Uh, was it the right decision for Archie Miller to offer a scholarship to Jake Forrester? We're going to talk about that. What kind of player is Jake and how will he fit into Archie's style of play? We will have a detailed scouting report. Then we will discuss some other important recruiting notes from the classes of 2018 and 2019. And we will provide our thoughts on the rather pessimistic expectations that many of the preseason magazines have for the 2017-18 Hoosiers. And finally, with whatever time we have left, we will answer your questions. All of that coming here on Assembly Call Radio. Real quick, a word about this week's sponsor for Assembly Call Radio, SeatGeek. Remember that when you need tickets to a sporting event, to a concert, or most other live events, SeatGeek is the best place to go to ensure that you get the the best deal. Their app and their website are easy to use, and the color-coded deal rater makes it easy to see when tickets are delivering the best value at any given time. And here are two URLs to keep handy that will make buying IU basketball and IU football tickets easy. IUBBtickets.shop and IUFBtickets.shop. The first one, IUBBtickets.shop, will take you directly to the IU basketball listing on SeatGeek. IUFBtickets.shop will take you directly to the IU football listing on SeatGeek. You can use these URLs to find the best prices on IU basketball and football tickets. And since those are our affiliate URLs, we actually get a commission whenever you use them and end up purchasing tickets. So in other words, you get a great deal on IU tickets. Another passionate IU fan will be in the stands to cheer on our Hoosiers. And you help support the assembly call. A win-win-win all around. Again, those URLs are iubbtickets.shop and iufbtickets.shop. And if it's your first time using SeatGeek, don't forget the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. Use it when you make your first purchase, and you will get $20 back after that purchase. Again, the promo code is ASSEMBLY. All righty, you are listening to the assembly call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and our special guest host, Alex Bozich. 
And guys, before we get into breaking down Jake Forrester's game, let's discuss you know the small little bit of consternation that some IU fans have with Archie Miller targeting another forward who, again, is quote unquote only a three star. Although you know some services like ESPN have him rated as a four star prospect. You know, people see all the forwards that we have on the roster projected for 2018 and have this perception that there might be a dwindling number of scholarships available for 2019, even though that's way out in the future. Uh, and that is obviously a class that has a number of five-star prospects that IU is in a good position with. And, and I think some fans worry that perhaps Archie should have been more patient. I actually did a quick hit episode on this a couple of weeks ago and said something to that effect, although my thinking on that has changed quite a bit uh, in the interim because I basically realized that I know very little about recruiting and about analyzing these prospects in comparison to Archie Miller, and I am more than willing to trust his and his staff's decisions when it comes to who they're going to target and how they're going to manage their scholarship situations. Alex, are you buying into that line of thinking? Or and I know you kind of addressed this already, but are you at all worried about you know some of these things that other uh, other IU fans seem to be a little worried about? Well, these conversations always take me back to a time when Indiana was recruiting Cody Zeller, and I'll never forget a conversation I had with him in Assembly Hall. He was, I think, going into his uh, it was the summer before the spring before his senior year and uh, Dustin Depirac at the time was the um, beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times and we were talking to Cody and the question came up uh, about scholarships and Cody looked at uh, Cody looked at at us all and when, when we asked him about you know whether or not he was worried about the scholarship situation he said I have a scholarship if I want one and I've always kind of um, followed that line of thinking ever since when it comes to looking at five-star prospects because, uh, you know, obviously I maintain a scholarship chart as a reference point for people to look at on, on the website. And uh, obviously pe- people are interested in this discussion. But when you look at a guy like Romeo Langford, you look at a guy like Darius Garland, these are program-changing potential recruits. And if they want to come to Indiana, they're going to have a scholarship. Uh, how that happens uh, to me is um, semantics, really, when you kind of look at uh, the potential that both of those guys have. Uh, I would also remind people that nine of the last 10 years, Indiana has had some sort of offseason attrition, whether that be a guy leaving pro uh, to go pro or a guy leaving uh, via transfer. I think there was something like 750 to 800 transfers this year in college basketball. I don't think that number is going to be going down anytime soon. And, uh, you know, that's one reason, uh, you know, it's when people say, oh, there's one scholarship left for next season, I would say kind of hit the pause button on that because if there's guys that the coaching staff feel like can help the team win a lot of games next year, uh, they're going to figure out how to bring them in. It's like if Don Fisher wants to host an episode of the Assembly Call. There's a spot for Don Fisher on the Assembly Call. Someone, you know, we, we will make that happen. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think I, I, I pretty much agree with Alex. I think that this is the kind of situation where these things do work themselves out, and people may not like how they work themselves out sometimes, but that's just the nature of the beast in college athletics when it, it all comes down to it. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, 
there's a new coach at Indiana and I think that there's going to be some attrition and some guys are not going to fit into what he does after a year maybe. And, and maybe they, they go somewhere else and they, you know, guys who weren't recruited by him may not stick around for their own reasons. Uh, it may not be because of, he asked them to leave. Um, but these things do work themselves out. And as Alex said, the transfer market in, in college basketball is just insane right now. And, and guys seem to be leaving everywhere. And I don't know if there's something to do that, that will be done about that, but until there is, you can expect it to continue to happen. Um, I think obviously if, you know, Darius Garland and, and Romeo Langford want to come to Indiana, they're going to have a spot, uh, you know, and, and, um, things will work themselves out as they always seem to do. Um, I mean, you know, whatever it is, something will happen. Something will work itself out. Yep. So bottom line, let's cross that bridge if and when we come to it. But for now, let's celebrate the guys that we have, talk about the guys that we have. And we're going to do that next on the Assembly Call. It is scouting report time. We are going to dive deep into the game of Jake Forrester, IU's newest commit, and how he will fit at Indiana. That's coming up next. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the Script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it, and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Alex Bozich from Inside the Hall. And it is scouting report time, time to break down the newest Indiana commit for the class of 2018, Jake Forrester. And of course, whenever we have a new player to break down and give you a scouting report on, we go to our man, Ryan Phillips, who uh, has watched some tape on Jake Forrester and has an assessment of the young man's game. Ryan, what'd you see? What do you like? What do you dislike? Uh, well, first of all, he's a six eight two hundred. He's listed at six eight two fifteen. I think he looks taller than that. Um, as Alex and I were talking in between seconds, it doesn't really matter how tall he is if you've got a huge wingspan. I mean, but I would say he's probably pushing six ten. Uh, he's from Westtown School in Norristown, Pennsylvania. So no, not an Indiana guy, folks. I'm sorry, but he is uh, now an Indiana. He's now going to be an Indiana player. So uh, what I like about him is he is compared to some of the other sort of wing forward guys we've added. He is more of a guy who's going to stick around in the paint and and he's going to play down low and he's going to, you know, be more of a guy who plays. He might face up to the basket, but he's going to be more of a guy who plays in the paint and affects the game in the paint. Um, and he's not going to wander out to the three point line consistently. Uh, what I like about him is he's an aggressive finisher at the hoop, really loves to dunk the ball, but he also has some touch and uses the glass occasionally. And, and, you know, from what I've seen, um, which look, I haven't seen a ton because there just isn't a lot out there on him that I've found. Uh, but he is a guy who finishes around the hoop. He is also aggressive an aggressive offensive rebounder, which is a big deal at this level. Uh, if you can get a guy who already has the instinct to go to the glass, that is a huge deal. Um, 
So along with his length and athleticism, this is a guy who goes after the ball on the offensive end, uh, offensive rebounds, and uh, and he does run the floor really well, looking for alley-oops, looking for you know anything you can find him uh, running the floor. And I'll say this, and I say this every time we talk about a big guy, if you are a kid out there and you're a big man, or if you're the parent of a big man, two things you need to do at all times will gain you 10 points a game extra. Run the floor and and uh, and go after offensive boards. You do those two things, you will add, you will get ten points more a game uh, if you do them consistently. And those are two things that I really like that he does. Um, his shot blocking ability, he can block shots, and he's got the length to block shots, play defense. But he's a bit of a swinger on his shot blocks. He he winds up and tries to hammer the ball instead of just going up fifty fifty in the air. That's something he's going to have to change. If you go swinging in the Big Ten, you're going to get a lot of you're going to pick up a lot of fouls. And Thomas Bryant learned that early in his career, and he started going fifty fifty more his his uh, later in his freshman year. Um, as far as his shooting ability, I think he's got really nice touch, but I'm not sure he's ever going to be a three-point shooter. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his of his shooting motion. He kind of chicken wings his elbow out a little bit, which we know from Jared's sign-off every time. Keep your elbows in, kids. That's right. Uh, Eyes on the rim. Eyes on the rim. Keep your elbows in, too. Uh, so, yeah, he chicken wings out his elbow. Uh, also, when he shoots, he leans his upper body back a little bit, which winds up giving him a flat shot. He'll make them, but that's only because he's got really nice touch. Uh, it's not a, a, a shooting motion that's conducive to becoming a really good outside shooter. Uh, so, obviously, that's something to work on. And, of course, as with all these kids, he's got to add weight, got to get stronger, and be willing to take the pounding. But, overall, I really like him. Uh, I think he's he's... He moves really well for his size. He's a quick guy. He's got some athleticism, and I think he's he's the kind of guy who could get a lot better and could be a really big, good Big Ten player. That was uh, Alex. I want to get your thoughts too. You and I obviously spent a lot of time talking about Jake on the most recent episode of Podcast on the Brink. Uh, and for those of you who don't listen to both Assembly Call and Podcast on the Brink, Alex is my co-host over there. So definitely make sure. Yeah, what are you doing with your lives, folks? <laughs> if you if you're an Indiana fan, you got to listen to both, right? That's right. Absolutely, uh, Alex. What would you add to what Ryan had to say about Jake? Well, I would say first that I think he's going to be an excellent addition to what Indiana wants to do defensively with the pack line defense because he can uh, switch everything and he can recover well um, because of his length and because of his uh, athleticism and quickness. Uh, offensively, um, I, I do want to say because I didn't mention it's not to cut you off, Alex, but he does have really quick feet. That I noticed that, and I'm sure that'll help him defensively, like what you're saying with the switching and recovering as well. Right. I was surprised at that because of his size. Yeah, he um, offensively, you know that he most of the baskets uh, that he got in the EYBL were running the floor in transition, a lot of uh, rim running, and and. As Ryan said, you can probably pick up six to eight, maybe ten points a game if you're a big man. If you just beat your man to the other end of the the floor, if you have teammates who are looking up and looking for you on the break, that's kind of the other consideration. Um, but you know, I would say uh, as far as the shot blocking ability, I did like a little breakdown video uh, that I posted in our forum over at Inside the Hall. Looked at a couple of his. Um, block shots from from the EYBL uh, you know I thought actually um, that he did a does a pretty decent job actually of going straight up I, uh, he does kind of you know swat down on the ball uh, occasionally um, from what I saw but but overall I thought his form and his technique are pretty good um, and he does get off the ground uh, pretty uh, 
quickly. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys coming coming into college have to kind of work on, on fine-tuning their footwork and figuring out how to block shots without fouling, and, and I don't think that's uh, going to be any different here. But yeah, you know, I would say overall for what Indiana wants to do defensively, uh, he's going to be a really good fit. He's not necessarily going to be, in my opinion, a guy that uh, you're going to just – uh, post up in, in the paint. And I think we talked about this a little bit on podcast on the brink, Jared. I don't think he's going to be, you know, someone that you're running um, isolations for in the post. He's going to be more of a guy who's getting uh, kind of, um, you know, garbage opportunities with offensive rebounds, running the floor. And, and you know, if you do those things well, uh, you can easily average six, eight, ten points a game if you, you, you know, if you're just kind of like a, a guy who can who can uh, capitalize on those opportunities. So you know, I would say the biggest thing with him is uh, his versatility, uh, being able to guard multiple positions, uh, being able to recover well defensively, being able to to switch screens, uh, really fits in perfectly for what Indiana is going to want to do defensively. He's also got great hair. Let's talk about that. I mean, he's got yeah. a fantastic. And, and you know what, Juwan Morgan's going to be gone eventually, so we need someone to sort of take over. Also, Juwan Morgan that. cut his hair. Oh, a, Michael Dugan had an exclusive report live from campus about a week ago. I know. Oh. It's going to be thing, – things are changing. Uh, you're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Alex Bozich. We are breaking down the game of new IU commit Jake Forrester. There are two other things I really like about Jake, and it really doesn't have anything to do with his actual performance on the court. But, you know, I listened to a couple interviews with him. He did an interview on the Kent Sterling show. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you just you listen to a guy talk and just the way he sounds, the maturity, the way he carries himself verbally, you just like. And it reminded me of the first time that I heard Jawan Morgan talk. And I remember when I heard Jawan Morgan speak after he committed, I thought, wow, that's a high school senior. Like, he sounds mature beyond his years. I got that same feeling from Jake. And the other thing I like is that he has played, you know, through his AAU career, I think even in high school, Alex, you can confirm this, but he's played with a lot of good players. Like he's played with Muhammad Bamba and some other superstar level players. I think he's going to be playing with Cam Reddish this year. And so he's a guy who knows how to play with stars and do what he needs to do to be a supportive player, to play his role. And when you look at what Indiana wants to do, you know, recruiting five-star guys, you know, Keon Brooks and Romeo Langford and, and start really competing, you know, for all these McDonald's All-American recruits, well, you've got to have role players and guys who understand and can be happy getting only a couple of shots a game and not having offense run through them. And that's the kind of guy that Jake seems like he is. So, you know, he's not the top guy on your recruiting chart. He's not the five-star guy, but he's a guy who can be a really valuable three, four-year player because he knows his role and will do some of the dirty work. Uh, Alex, do you? I know you know you've had a chance to talk with his father and and uh, you know and obviously spend a lot of time looking at him. Do you agree with that assessment? You know of how he'll fit in attitude and character-wise. Yeah, one of the things that stood out from my conversation with his dad was he realizes. Um, what Jake or, or Jake as a kid realizes kind of what he is as a player and the role he's going to have to to play because I asked him specifically you know what what position do you see him playing uh, he said you know four uh, with the ability to guard the five a lot of times uh, now with uh, positionless basketball uh, kind of being thrown around so much in recruiting talked about as a buzzword you get six nine six ten kids thinking they're Kevin Durant well you know, there's one Kevin Durant. If you're six nine or six ten, and you're not a great outside shooter, you need to be playing uh, down low, playing in the paint, uh, doing the little things. And I think the one, you know, the, the thing that stood out to me, uh, for also from talking to his dad, was uh, he's just uh, 
the family, I, I think they realized that uh, the opportunity uh, to play at a program like Indiana was just something that they couldn't pass up. So I think he's going to, whatever role he's asked to play by the coaching staff, uh, he's going to embrace. And, uh, you know, whether that be, you know, a guy that's going to come in as a freshman and uh, had to work his way into the rotation or a guy who's going to uh, come in and play a lot of minutes, I think he's going to embrace whatever role it is and, and be a team guy. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. You know, he was very clear that, you know, Indiana was his best offer. You know, so it's clear that, you know, what people may talk about is Indiana, an elite program and all this stuff. You know, you hear Robert Finnessy talk about how the banners were one of the big reasons why he came and, and Jake Forrester talk about how, you know, Indiana was his best offer and, and he kind of understood that and where Indiana is in the hierarchy. You know, I think that's something that should be encouraging to all IU fans uh, just about, you know, where the program is. And look, now you're sitting here the class of 2018 with, you know, four four star guys or three four stars and a three star and things are looking really good now as you get ready uh, uh, to move forward and, and finish out the class. Alrighty, coming up on this week's edition of the Assembly Call, we are going to take a bit of a broader view on the fall recruiting period and then also discuss the pessimistic preseason expectations for the Hoosiers. That's coming up. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call. Go to assemblycall.com slash join to learn how to subscribe to our email newsletter, to our YouTube channel, and to our podcast. And if you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then definitely make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter. You will get our weekly Six Banner Sunday news roundups, as well as our post-game analysis emails once the season begins. It is all free, and it will make you a smarter IU basketball fan. Again, the URL is assemblycall.com slash join. I am Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, my co-host on the Assembly Call IU postgame show, and Alex Bozich, who runs InsideTheHall.com, filling in for Andy Bottoms this week. Uh, Alex, you and I talked about this on podcast on the brink, but I want to hit some of the highlights, uh, which is you know the fall recruiting uh, period just began. Archie and the staff have been active. They've already seen Keon Brooks. They've seen Trace Jackson Davis, guys from the 2019 class. I think uh, Ed Schilling or somebody was out to see Trendon Watford. And obviously there has been big news with Darius Garland and Romeo Langford, with both guys uh, confirming that they're coming to Hoosier Hysteria, official visit set. So what to you are have been the highlights so far from the fall recruiting period, in addition, obviously, to Jake Forrester's commitment? And what are some of the things that people should be watching out for here over the next couple of weeks? Well, the highlight, uh, obviously, they, we talked about this a little bit on podcast on the brink, that, that coaches were able to start going out to see kids on Saturday. Obviously, Indiana wasn't able to go out Saturday because they had Jake Forrester on campus for his official visit. So they really kind of picked up on Monday morning, uh, obviously, the, you know, the thing that stood out to me Monday was making the stops uh, at um, Keon Brooks' school first thing Monday morning, then hitting Trace Jackson Davis, and then hitting Romeo Langford. Uh, you know, to me, those are two of the top targets in 2019, and, and obviously one of the, the top remaining targets in 2018. So that kind of confirmed what everyone thought in terms of priorities. And then they've also uh, made their way to see, I believe, uh, Demise Anderson, uh, Robert Finnessy, Jerome Hunter, kind of firming all those things up. You know, you just you have to you have to go uh, keep recruiting guys even when they're committed. And uh, you know, you mentioned Trenton Watford; he's going to visit this weekend. I thought that was a positive thing uh, from Indiana's perspective. I think his sister has a a volleyball tournament up this way, so the whole family is going to be up here, and uh, he's going to have a chance to. 
come back to campus, uh, something that he's done uh, frequently, obviously, uh, from Christian's time here on campus. I remember, this, I remember always seeing him on the floor after games whenever I'd visit when yeah. Christian was there. And then, uh, you know, the two official, the, obviously, Romeo is going to be an unofficial uh, Garland uh, scheduled uh, the official visit for Hoosier Hysteria. Uh, to have them both uh, that weekend in what should be, uh, I think, the most uh, exciting in terms of kind of hype uh, Hoosier Hysteria since probably the season where Indiana went uh, in rank number one in terms of fan enthusiasm. I think they have a chance to get a really good crowd. Uh, it'll be uh, a recruiting showcase. That event always is. So those are just kind of some of the things that stood out this week. I mean, obviously, um, got coaches going out to see recruits isn't really surprising by any means. I mean, coaches from all the country, if you if you check Twitter from guys who are covering different schools, uh, it's something that's happening everywhere. Uh, coaches take advantage of the recruiting period where they can get back out on the road. But, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting to see kind of where they go first and kind of confirming what you think in terms of uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks are uh, big priorities in 2019. Man, it's just it's so nice to have, you know, so many of the open scholarships for next year filled and filled by good players and filled by good players from inside the state and now to be in the position of being able to be patient you know, and really, you know, kind of swing for the fences with guys like Darius Garland and Romeo Langford and not to be scrambling, you know, because frankly, you know, over the past decade or so, you know, Indiana has has scrambled and, you know, had to kind of gamble on some guys late. And occasionally that worked out. But a lot of times, as we know, it didn't. And it's a little bit of a different feeling. And it's a nice feeling. And I mean, do you get the sense, Alex, that, you know, because we've heard about, you know, Archie and his staff, they just have more of a plan. They seem really organized. Like, does it feel that way? I mean, the fact that they've been able to do this and hit the ground running like they have, uh, is there, is it just kind of a different way that they're doing it with a different level of organization uh, around the whole process? I mean, I don't know the inner workings of everything. I just know that so far, the evidence that we have is that they're uh, pretty much perfect in terms of not swinging and missing. Uh, if you get to this point in the fall uh, and you don't have any commitments, you're scrambling. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, I think, too, on podcast on the brink, where you know if this is kind of the, you know this is kind of where you want to be heading into the fall. Uh, because you've kind of got the guys that you real that you want, you've, and, and you've kind of got uh, the other the other big fish out there. I mean, not a lot of five star guys are committed at this point, so it's not really if the, even if they're going to end up with Romeo or Darius Garland, it's not surprising that they haven't committed yet. But the other guys that they've really tar- targeted over the summer to go ahead and get them locked up. Now you're not having to go, you know, two or three deep down your list. You've got the guys that you you, you that you prioritize and. Uh, just kind of going back to them firming up 2017 guys and then getting, I think, five recruits now. If you if you look at the commitments plus Race Thompson, I mean, that there's the body of work so far is uh, pretty much pristine from a, from a recruiting standpoint. So I don't know if it's organization. I don't know if it's, um, you know, the kind of the hope of, of a new era of IU basketball, uh, the way they build relationships, a combination of all these things. But to this point, I'd say, uh, if you want to give a grade, it's got to be a pretty darn close to an A plus. 
You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. And you're right. I mean, so far, Alex, everything has been pristine. But, of course, games haven't been played yet. And what's going to be really important, I think, for Archie Miller and for you know this, this rebirth now of, of Indiana basketball and taking the program to the next level is can the, the, the really positive momentum from this offseason carry into the season? And how does this team, filled with guys that Archie didn't you know obviously recruit, how do they adapt to his system? How does that transition go? And, you know, look, Alex, you've done a series on Inside the Hall going through some of the preseason magazines and looking at some of the preseason rankings. And there's really hasn't been anybody yet who's very bullish on Indiana, at least from my standpoint. You have Athlon, who ranked Indiana preseason ninth in the Big Ten. Lindy's had Indiana 12th, and Street and Smith's had Indiana 10th. And so I want to spend a few minutes talking about these expectations because we've talked about it before on this show. And I think we all feel like Indiana has a chance to do pretty well. I mean, we all feel like expecting the NCAA tournament is not unfair uh, given the talent that's there and, and what we think is possible. But it's kind of interesting now in light of some of these, you know, quote unquote, expert predictions coming out. I wasn't expecting people to be quite so pessimistic about this year's team. So, Ryan, as you kind of start projecting into the season, have your expectations changed at all? What do you think of some of these pessimistic preseason expectations that you're seeing? No, I mean, I think people are judging this team based on last year's team. And you have to remember, before last year, people were talking about Indiana as a national title threat, Um, you know, uh, sort of an outside chance in the top, you know, three finish in the Big Ten at least. And, and, you know, things went bad. And, and when you realize that a lot of those players are back and, and, and are going, you know, it's the same guys who were hyped up last year who had a rough season and everybody up and down the lineup had a rough season. It's not even the guys uh, who were hyped up. Those, those guys all left. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but you've got the core of that team back and, and, you know, a guy like we talked about it before, but a guy like Juwan Morgan um, is somebody who, Last year, a lot of people expected a huge breakout from, and then of course he, you know, battled injuries and all that stuff and had a down year. But he's still that same guy who could be poised for a breakout. Um, Robert Johnson's a senior guard who's going to have a big impact on this team. You've got, uh, you know, young guys like uh, Curtis Jones and and uh, Devonte Green who are a year you know, a year more mature and a year better. Uh, I think this team's, I think, I I mean, I don't understand how people are saying that this team won't be in the, um, and of course, Deron Davis. How could I forget that? Alex just reminded me in the chat, since I've been hyping him up for so long, I can't believe I forgot him. Uh, but I, you know, guys like that, I mean, and, and I don't know how people could say that this is project them so poorly. Um, it's going to, a lot of it's going to depend on how they adjust Archie system, how they fit in Archie system and, and how everything moves forward. But, uh, you know, I, I, I see this as a tournament team for sure. What do you think, Alex? Well, I had him eighth in my initial power rankings. And I think we talked to, to John Gassaway, and he was a little bit even higher than, than eighth on them. And so I was surprised to see some of these projections. But then again, not so surprised when you consider that, um, you know, these, these magazines are covering, trying, attempting to cover uh, every conference. And uh, the people that are writing these projections are not necessarily uh, familiar with Indiana's roster, nor are they familiar with. Uh, as familiar with the roster of every uh, team in the Big Ten. Uh, You know, to me, I'd say if I was looking at the floor for this team, I would say 10th probably in the Big Ten is is probably as low as 
I could see them finishing. I don't, you know, I don't see them finishing below uh, Rutgers, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Illinois. I just don't think those teams are going to be very good at all. Um, but then in the Big Ten, uh, to me, you know, we're, uh, two through th- two through ten, uh, it's pretty much up for grabs. I think Michigan State's obviously the clear-cut favorite, but beyond that, I mean. Northwestern, everyone's talking about how they're going to be a top 25 team. I think last year, uh, that collapse that they had in Assembly Hall to an Indiana team that was couldn't beat anybody in February. An Indiana uh, team that was collapsing itself. Exactly. Um, that doesn't scream uh, potential uh, power in the league coming into the season. Do I think Northwestern is going to be good and be a tournament team? Yes, but I don't think by any means that... I would put them in a different class than uh, a lot of the teams that are going to be occupying uh, the middle of the big team. I mean, there's so many teams that have question marks. I mean, you look at Maryland, how do they replace Mel Trimble? Michigan, how do they replace Derek Walton Jr.? I mean, just go down the list. Iowa, Purdue. Peter Jock, Purdue. I think Purdue is going to be better than people are giving them credit for. You know, I know people aren't going to like uh, me, me saying that, but they've got four seniors. Ooh. They've they've got some uh, some guys who I think are going to be uh, pretty good players. And, you know, I would... I think it's kind of foolish that people are assuming that Northwestern and Minnesota are going to be better than Purdue. Purdue just won the league. so Yeah, and Purdue's uh, going to be good defensively. I think we can all say that, at least, for the very right, least. Right, absolutely. So, you know, I don't think they're going to finish 12th. Do I think there's a chance they could finish 10th? Yes. Do I think there's a chance they could finish as high as 5th or 6th? Absolutely. So I think it's just going to be one of those years in the Big Ten, whoever – um, kind of seizes that opportunity there in the middle of the pack. I think there's a lot, there's a, there's opp- going to be opportunity for teams to to finish higher than we're thinking going into the year. And look, it makes some sense. I mean, Indiana was terrible last year, so disappointing. The final two months of the season, you lose all the talent off of that team. Bryant's gone, and Anobi's gone, Blackman's gone. You know, and so people look at that, and they you know, there's not a whole lot of proven production there. And so I get it, but I think what fans who follow the program closely see is that the two biggest issues for Indiana last year were defense and turnovers. And I think when you look at Archie Miller's track record, it's fair to expect both of those things to improve this year. Now, how much with a lot of the same guys? I don't know, but it's certainly fair to expect them to improve. And we know how many games Indiana might have won last year with just normal turnover issues and with adequate defense. And then I think the thing that people forget is that there's a lot of talent on this roster. I mean, Robert Johnson was a four-star recruit. Curtis Jones was a four-star recruit. Deron Davis at one time was a five-star recruit, was a four-star recruit. Juwan Morgan was a four-star recruit. Like, there are still guys who are talented and who have ability if there is a better structure in place, if, you know, talk about positionless basketball. Last year it was just rolleless basketball, you know? And so if there's a better plan in place, I think a lot of us see, you know, a guy like Josh Newkirk being able to thrive under Archie Miller much more than he was able to under Tom Crean. You know, guys like Devontae Green and Curtis Jones hopefully able to kind of find their sea leagues after freshman year when they struggled. So I get why some of the preseason publications are down on Indiana. But I also understand why people who really follow the program closely, like us, are a little bit more optimistic. And, you know, so again, I think it's fair to expect this team to be in the NCAA tournament. I think the talent's there. I trust the coaching enough. That doesn't mean that, you know, all the positive momentum just goes out the window if the team struggles in year one. But I do think it will be important, you know, obviously as guys like Darius Garland and Romeo Langford look to make their decisions, you know, after seeing a full season as the class of 2019, 
tries to figure out where they're going to go to school, you know, having a good season, I think, will be important for keeping that momentum. And so certainly we all hope that the Hoosiers are able to, uh, to outperform those expectations. And I think for a lot of us, the expectation is that they will. Any final comments, guys, on the preseason expectations before we hop in and answer some questions that people submitted? Are we good? Pre- preseason expectations are just that. They're expectations, and they're meant to be either broken or fulfilled, and so you can go either way on them. Um, you know, and quite frankly, I think it's good for Archie Miller that, uh, and his staff that they're coming in under the radar a little bit, uh, this year and people are confident in him. It seems like that he'll get it together, but that they're not expecting much from this year. I think that's actually good for the team. Give him something to fight for better than advertised part two. We'll see. (laughs) All righty. Coming up on the assembly call, we've got a bunch of good questions. I don't even know if we will be able to get to all of them, but we are going to answer those next on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Alex Bozich wrapping up another week of talking about IU basketball. And this is the time in the show when we answer your questions. So we got a bunch of good questions submitted. Let's get right to them. Let's start with Adam's question because it kind of dovetails off of what we were talking about in the last segment. Adam asks, who should or will play the biggest all-around role on this year's team? When I first saw this question, I thought it was you know, kind of too general to answer. But when you really zero in on that term all-around role, to me, you know, I think there's a few guys that you could look at. You know, Robert Johnson jumps out. Deron Davis jumps out. Juwan Morgan jumps out. To me, I think the guy who plays the biggest all-around role on this year's team is Robert Johnson because of what he means offensively, what we know that he can bring defensively, and the leadership of being a senior and the guy who has played the most minutes in big situations, in tough environments. You know, I really think in a lot of ways the team is going to go how Robert goes this year. And so when you take all-around, take a holistic view, I think it's Robert Johnson. Uh, Ryan, I know you said when we were talking about this in the break that there were two guys that jumped out to you. Who were the two guys for you i think it's Jawan morgan and colin hartman i think those oh, are the wow. two guys because of you know you kind of know what you're going to get with other guys but i think that those two guys have to will step up but i think they also have to step up for this team to to be good and to compete um and, and i think that from a leadership standpoint um and from what they can do on the court uh i think that if you're looking on the court, off the court, uh, those are the two guys who I think will play the biggest all-around overall role. Obviously, Robert Johnson is is expected to be a leader and all that stuff, but I think those two guys are almost like X factors that, and I think will wind up being a huge deal to this team. Hmm. What do you think, Alex? I would say Robert Johnson first, and then if I was going to pick somebody else, I would go with Deron Davis uh, second because I think. <sighs> As much as um, I, I think Ryan hits on some good points there with, with Hartman and Jawan Morgan, I think if Indiana really wants to reach its potential, then Deron Davis has to have a year where he stays on the floor, doesn't you know foul, uh, and, and really uh, is a you know mid uh, low uh, to middle teens score uh, for for Indiana because that's one of the biggest questions I have about this team going into the season is where's the offense going to come from and I know what, I, what we're going to get out of uh, what what they're going to get out of Robert Johnson uh, but Deron Davis uh, to me has got to be a guy who who really makes a step forward so and also uh, as a high school kid he was a really good shot blocker uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of uh, 
changes uh, to what kind of uh, improve the improvements to his physique, what what they do for him defensively. So I would go uh, Robert Johnson one, Deron Davis two. Okay. Our next question is from Trey, who wants to know who do you think has more long term potential, Jake Forrester or Clifton Moore? Alex, who do you think? I'll go with Clifton Moore. Uh, I think he's um, more versatile in terms of his ball skills. Uh, at this point, uh, has a really good outside stroke, and he's he's actually a guy, even with his size, that you probably don't mind if he steps out and and, and takes a three point shot. Uh, seems to be uh, pretty skilled with the ball in terms of handling the ball as well, and uh, can can block some shots. So. Uh, you know, and I'm never going to bet against the, the Draft Express guys uh, who follow this stuff for a living, kind of singling him out from the Jordan Brand regional game as a guy who may who has a ton of NBA potential. So I'll go with Clifton Moore. Do you think it's fair to say that Jake Forrester is maybe a safer prospect, like has kind of a higher floor, and Clifton Moore maybe is a bit more of a risk-reward type prospect? Or do you think, I mean, like are you pretty pretty confident that he will be productive at Indiana, or is there a chance that the level is too big from a physical standpoint or from a speed standpoint for him? I don't know. I haven't seen him in person enough. Or, you know, I haven't seen him in person at all. I've watched a lot of film on him, but you know, I, I just think that um, some of the performances he had last summer, the fact that he didn't play on the big shoe circuits, uh, what a lot of coaches from around the country were saying uh, about him last summer, that you know, a lot of the major coaches were hoping that no high majors saw him because they kind of knew what kind of talent he was. I think he's going to be able to, to contribute. Is it going to be right away in terms of being able to, to compete physically, maybe not, but I think uh, overall uh, he's got a, a chance to be really good, uh, whether that be this year or, or down the line. Yeah, I think that I think I think the answer is Clifton Moore. I think he has a much higher upside than Forrester, and I, I think that he has a decent chance of getting there. I would I would agree with you, uh, Jared, that I think that uh, Forrester might be a safer prospect as far as you know what you're going to get with him. Uh, with Moore, there is such an X factor with his size and gaining weight. Uh, but as far as basketball skills and his upside. Uh, it's really high. And, and so I, I was surprised, as, as you mentioned, Alex, I was surprised that other people didn't get super involved in his recruitment and, and that he wound up at Indiana um, as opposed to, you know, other teams. I mean, not that he wound up at Indiana, but that it seemed like Indiana just came in and grabbed him. And it wasn't really it didn't seem like a huge battle uh, with some other big name schools. All right. Josh asks, well, we have been very happy with Archie's recruiting so far. Any concern that we are getting so many forwards? Um, no. When, I, when you start projecting forward and you look at the size, and not just size, but the athleticism and versatility and the different kind of roles that these, you know, quote unquote, forwards can play, you know, I think, look, it's not really a guard forward center type game anymore. You know, it's more roles. And I think Indiana's got a lot of versatile guys. A lot of big guys are going to be able to do a lot of things both defensively and offensively. So no concern there, uh, you know, assuming someone like Robert Finnessy can step up and get everybody organized on offense. Uh, but no concern there, Josh. Nick asks, how many scholarships will we use in 2019? That's the first part of his question. I'll answer that real quickly. We have no idea. A lot of time between now and 2019 could be one scholarship could be four or five depending on what happens between now and then so it's really tough to project but the second part of his question is who do you think archie will have the best chance in getting to commit to that class so alex the most obvious names are keon brooks and trace jackson davis because they are 
obviously guys in Indiana that it seems like the staff has really prioritized and built a good relationship with. Trendon Watford obviously is an IU legacy. Seems like the staff has a good relationship with him. And then you've got you know top ten guys like James Weissman and Matt Hurt that you know Indiana is involved with. So who do you think Archie and Indiana is going to have the best chance of getting in the 2019 class? Right now, I'd say Keon Brooks and, and Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Indiana's in really good shape with both of those guys. I mean, Keon Brooks Sr., when I talked to him, uh, he was really, really high on Indiana. Uh, and uh, same thing goes for, for Trace Jackson Davis' uh, stepfather. So uh, I know we don't have a lot of time left here, but so I would say those two guys would be at the top of the list. Okay. Um, and here's a question from Nick. What do you think the effect of Crane's departure will be on defense's total deflections, Ryan? Um, probably high, but no one will chart them. <laughs> that, to be fair, that is something. Don't a lot of schools chart deflections? They do now, yeah. Yeah, with a different definition oh. of what a deflection really is. I think. Has anyone ever settled they, on what a deflection actually is? No. no. I, That's I, a I never, I never had a clear definition of it either in the, under the previous regime so we'll leave it at that huh. makes sense makes sense to me all righty um well we are running out of time here so that will do it for us on this week's edition of the assembly call if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat join us at assemblycall.com on thursday nights for the live broadcast of our assembly call radio recording or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for assembly call wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. From the company that brought you Rocket Mortgage comes Rocket Pro Insight, the innovative product designed to give real estate agents control like never before. Rocket Pro Insight allows agents to send files on their clients' behalf and get to closing faster. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate and get the freedom to check a client's progress from anywhere at any time. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. MLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. Want to save 17 gallons of fuel every 1,000 miles? You can with the powerful combination of Michelin X1 tires and the Michelin Energy Guard aerodynamic solution on your truck. Michelin X1 tires can reduce rolling resistance up to 30% for more fuel savings. And Michelin Energy Guard helps you control airflow for lower costs per mile. Go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details and start saving today. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois.